Ed, I, was, I, I always think when I'm thinking about Tchaikovsky, um, you know, here's a composer that's extremely popular, has a huge mm. reputation, but I still think hugely misunderstood in the sense that he's known for, a, for, for many flashy, big, flamboyant yes. pieces. Yeah. But actually, what he was at heart was a classicist and, you know, Mozart was his favourite composer. And, and Onyegin, which I think is about as perfect as an opera gets. Mm. I really do. Mm. Um, what's astonishing about it, and I don't know how I'm sure you agree, um, is the intimacy of it. Of course, the, there are the big set pieces, but it's, it's the intimacy that he manages to, to achieve so well. I think that's right. Um, he's known for his flamboyant gestures within pieces, but actually, even the big ballets, I would say, have 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 those those moments. And it's he's known for the sheen of his music. He's not known for what's underneath it so much. In a way, when we talk about other other Russian composers, I mean, Shostakovich is very much flavour of the month of this sort of epoch. And we always talk about Shostakovich on two levels, don't we? The the, the superficial level and what you know what uh, you know what we we get from his music through historical implication or whatever else. I mean, I don't think... Tchaikovsky didn't live in a period of great, you know, of great political suppression mm. in the same way as Shostakovich, but there's still... There are the two levels of the music in, 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 in his music as well. I think it's a real Russian trait. I mean, if you think... I mean, this is a bit of a, t- t- a tangent, but think of something like the Fourth Symphony. Yes. That final movement isn't about happiness and brilliance. It's about the Russian mask of of, yeah. of the ceremony and the and the sort of the, the 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 flash rather than anything anything particularly happy. And for me, that's that's quite universal in Tchaikovsky's music. Um, I think I think the, the the brilliance is also in in in. Onyegin, the dances, of course, and we're actually doing the Echo says in this production, so it's interesting that we have two dancers in Act 2 and two dancers in Act 3. Well, in uh, a sense, how he characterises the two stratas of society. society. I think that's Talent right, yeah. Country, that's know, right, yeah. Larin party being... Yeah, bourgeois and, and, yeah. and, um, and, and try-hard, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is lovely. I mean, it's like the, the waltz and mazurka are fantastic for that, but the mazurka feels so... It feels kind of slightly out of control, as if they hadn't had a dancing lesson for ten years, which is, you know, that's how it should be, whereas, yeah. you know, you have the wonderful polonaise, the reserve of it, the... Uh, <sighs> The, uh, the you know the peacock preening of it, which is imperial Russia. Exactly, just, yeah. Just yeah. I suppose what I was meaning, Ed, was that the the, the passion is contained mm. uh, within this, always within this very classical framework. Even mm. something like the Pathetique Symphony, mm. you know, mm. it, it it only really works if you are aware of the frame around it, the, yes, the classical I, frame around it. I agree with that, and I I do think about Mozart being his favourite composer, and I think about the leanness in one in one respect of the score that nothing is I mean you say this about a piece like Bohem but you say I would say this equally about Onyega there's not one note you'd want to change and it's just it's just up to us as as, as conductors to, to, to try and understand what he meant by them um, but the the emotion within that structure is so searing I mean it it's a piece whenever I work on it and I, I first did it nine years ago um, for the Glyndebourne tour I can't. It keeps me awake at night. I just it just gets completely into my body and under my skin. Mm. Mm. Um, it was it was first performed, of course, by students. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Not, I mean, yes, it may have been also because he was worried about certain unorthodox aspects of it and wanted to try it out. But I think the idea that young people would come to those emotions very directly and honestly. 
yes. and that it is about youth to a great extent. Yeah. Do you think it's about youth? Uh, I think it is. I, well, I think it's about, yes, I think there's a very large youthful aspect, and you should, you should be aware that these four protagonists, I mean, Onyegin comes back in Act 3 and he talks about this, you know, how, how world-weary he is and he's gone straight from this long travel to the ball and he doesn't feel like he fits in any kind of society. But, you know, he's still in his mid-twenties. I mean, it's crazy. And actually, when we first see them, they're, they're late teenagers probably or a little bit older and, and Lenski's petulant and the girls are, are young and, and inexperienced. Olga may be a little bit more worldly, but I think youth is very important. Is that something that Deborah Deborah Warner is 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 homing in? Yes, on very much. Stage? I think that's I think that's I think that's clear in this production. I think so, yeah. very much. Um, I, it's it interests me. You talk about the the, the searing emotions. Um, the, some of the surprises in it, for for example, the the letter scene and post letter scene. Mm. Um, I mean, one of the most extraordinary passages in all Tchaikovsky, I think, is that moment when the letter has gone. Yeah, and. It's kind of like a daybreak. Yes, you get that, right, yeah. that rising the orchestral sun, passage. Sunrise, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the first day of the rest of her life. Yeah. And it's so full of hope and it's so intense. And then, by contrast, the scene with Onyegin that follows yes. is, is actually very understated, given the huge emotions that are going on inside her. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? And it's sort of... It's kind of Pelias-like the way that it's all mm. orchestral in that section, but the reserve of that last scene of Act One makes it, and the sort of, I mean, it's, it's, to call it anticlimactic sort of misunderstands what it is emotionally, but it, it feels, I mean, the reserve with which Onyegin presents himself and presents a, the, the situation to her is what makes it so humiliating. It really and is. Cloyingly humiliating yes. and devastating. And that's kind of, it's kind of brilliant. And it is so, it's so contained. Mm. I suppose it's what you're talking about, you know, the yes. structure and yes. the classicism of it. But yes. the way, the way he shies away often in the piece from the big gesture is, 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 is kind of extraordinary. That's exactly it. And, it. and you would expect it to display less restraint in its big moments and even yeah. that even that that fantastic final scene which is like what seven eight minutes long yes that's right about ten um, minutes yeah. I mean the emotion boiling in that is, is extraordinary and you've got you know this feeling that she she she's committed to the marriage she's chosen she's yes, adored right. by this yeah. man but she's still in love with yeah. and, and it's just heartbreaking it is heartbreaking and, the, and, and what the first thing that struck me when I saw the piece years and years ago is is what what that scene at the end of the piece is trying to do is trying to mirror how Onyegin was at the end of the first act, the reserve and the resolve, you know, but she can't do it because it's not it's not the same situation. Times passed and she's still in love with him. It's it's uh, it's impossible. And it's sort of it feels when when that realization comes, it sort of feels incredibly unshackled in the most remarkable way. It's not a piece like any other I know. I find it I find it kind of wondrous in every note and totally unique well if anybody wanted proof that he is a truly great composer I mean I, I really do think so and um, uh, he's, he's one of my mm. top 12 certainly yeah. Um, yeah. just because it, it always affects me in the same way I mm. mean there's almost everything he wrote in the ballets as well yeah absolutely um, uh, let's talk about the letter scene a bit because it's it, again it's quite unique mm. in its form mm. and, and structure what is 
Deborah going to do with that scene? Because the rumours are flying around behind the locked doors of the rehearsal <laughs> room that she's actually ta- having a slightly different take on it. Yeah, there, I don't know if I... I, mean, when, uh, I, I kind of want people to see it for okay, themselves, but, yes, but all I will say, say is there's a very... It's not done absolutely conventionally, um, or what we might feel is convention in the scene, but it's it's extremely true to it. There's nothing... There's yeah. nothing yeah. I mean, it's just a, she has a very... It's a wonderful idea, which means, I think, that the realisation of the letter and what it is and the ecstasy of that final orchestral outburst um, is achieved only then. Uh-huh. And actually, there's an, the, the suspense of the scene is maintained right, right the way through to that moment, which is, which is pretty remarkable, actually. Mm. I've mm. seen productions where the letter scene, dare I say, has seen quite long. Yeah. I hope in this it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, there there are all sorts of ways of. I mean, we've we've both seen productions of, of the piece where they, they found that wonderful Chernyakov production, yes, which, you both which was quite yeah. extraordinary, yeah. and took some liberties indeed yeah. Yeah. with the piece. Or the the famous Graham Vick one. At, yes, uh, that's right. Glamour yeah. with the the moment of her pouring the water over that's herself, right. like you know that recklessness of the gesture. Yes, yeah. which seemed to sort of fit the music yeah. so well. Yeah. Um, how important is the um, this? this town and country class thing is is it something that Deborah's interested in yeah and yes you see it uh, I mean one wonderfully in 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 Tom Pye's designs I mean it's really the the, the transformation into Act 3 is, is completely extraordinary and it's really important that as, as we kind of spoke about earlier that you don't you don't over glamorize the first two acts because you're in real trouble it's not a rich community these people are in you know they're they're landowners but they're you know they're not necessarily wealthy and they're living off the land in a traditional way and and i think you have to see that the the ball in in act 2 is a drunken you know mm-hmm. probably the best but so the chorus says the best party of the year that yeah. ball yeah. and you know they're, 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 the it's the best piss up and they're yeah. there to have a good time and they and you know and, and have as much fun in whichever direction they want yeah. and maybe that's what's extraordinary about the character of Tatiana because the dreamer mm. um, you know is, is she doesn't fit does she in this, no. this this environment she is far too even though the, I mean the grandmother's always talking about you know the old days. They're always talking about the past. Yes. But she has this vision of for herself, and she kind of is on her own. Really. Oh, she's really on her own. And the the, the if you think that if the the nanny and the and the and and, and uh, Madame Larina in that first scene. I mean, they talk about how they used to, you know, adore the works of Richardson. But like that, you know, Madame Larina's never read a Richardson novel in her life. You know, and it's all it's all it's all a bit pretend and a bit pretentious actually. And, and actually. When it comes to it, there, yeah, Tatiana lives completely on her own, and I mean you see that so clearly in in, in the first act, but in, in the second act in this production, I think you see her, the embarrassment of Truque singing to her, and the yes. embarrassment of a party being held on her name day. It's really nothing could be less fitting I, than, than yes. the ball with 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 Tatiana there as, as, a, as you know as a centre of attention. I sometimes wonder whether she and Lensky. Uh, you know, would be in some ways a better match. Um, you know, there's yeah. the idea that he is a yeah. kind of—he's—he's he's a self-dramatizing poet, really, isn't he? He almost writes his own destiny. In the yeah, piece. that's I mean, an interesting phrase, actually, and that ties in with the production very nicely. Really? Like, the idea of his, his, him writing his own destiny. Yeah. In the in the highest romantic way. Yes. 
Sort of, I, yeah. It's almost like Cozy, where you wonder whether the pairs of the wrong, wrong way yes, around, yes. I suppose. No, but. it's just a thought. I mean, yeah. I, I literally at this moment thought about it, but it... it, it uh, um, of course, you know, they, everybody has these, these wonderful moments which crystallise who they are. Mm. And, um, um, and, and Nensky has that beautiful aria um, which, makes, which sort of contradicts how stupid he's been, in a way. Or, or is he just being idealistic? What's your take on him? What's Deborah's take on him? I mean, the language of the aria, I mean, the, 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 the music itself is, 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 is heartbreakingly beautiful. And um, resigned in some ways, wistful, um, reminiscent, you know. But the language, is, the language is quite high still. I mean, I still feel like he's being a poet. Mm. Um, it's interesting what you said about writing his own destiny, as if that's the kind of the persona that he can't let go of, you know, and that's what causes it. Exactly, and maybe maybe he's he he's almost it's it's wish fulfillment. Yeah, the fact that he's going to be this martyr. That's right. And it's very that journey's very hard. I think it's the hardest one in the piece. And it's something I think about when I go and see productions is what is it in that first scene of Act Two that makes Lensky go completely over the edge? That, that isn't just a, a, a false operatic gesture, yes. if you see what I mean. And I think Deborah's very interesting about that. And it is about, it is slightly, it is about wish fulfillment, actually. And it's about, you know, it's about the petulance of youth and, 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 and the sort of persona taking over the situation. Yeah, and, and also I suppose there's a bit of the idea that, um, you know, he sees how this sensitive girl, how badly she's being treated by Oyegin. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And um, so the kind of chivalrous side of him comes comes into the, the fore as well. When he sees Onyegin sort of making moves on Olga in a, in a kind of yeah. jokey way, yeah, yeah. that's when he really snaps. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so the score, I mean, you obviously relish it and adore it as much as I do. Are there any moments that, that you know, or scenes that really really do it for you and you just think gosh this is the essence of all Tchaikovsky there's a few sections it's not necessarily the, the it's not necessarily the the, um, the the most well known bits I mean certainly the sunrise after the letter scene is, Amazing, is really completely that's the bit that always gets original orig- I think completely original though I bet he knew the sunrise in the creation uh-huh. I mean, it's of course a completely different style, yes. but the idea of it is so is there. And, yeah, um, that's a good thought. Um, that. And um, I mean, I love, I love the, I love the, the first recitative that Onyegin has in, in the beginning of Act Three, where he becomes more and more depressed as he's saying how his life is ruined. I've shot my best friend. Mm. My life has no meaning. I just, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm listless. I'm just going from one thing to another. I think is. It's a sort of. I think it's a bit of a key into Tchaikovsky's own personality, mm. um, contrasting with Grimmin's aria, yeah. where, which is so full of, you know, um, I've or fulfilment. Yeah, that's I right. I have found yeah. this perfect woman and I adore her, and um, I think that juxtaposition is very interesting. Yeah, it is, that. isn't it? Yeah. Although Graham, I mean, in the middle of that aria, he seems to be quite riled by his past as well. I mean, it's yeah. not yeah. it's not all yeah. gloss, is it? Yeah. Um, and I think the final scene, I think the final scene, the uh, the sense of resolved loss yes. is amazing. Yes. And the one thing I'd say about this piece is, is um, 
I mean, firstly, I adore every single note of it, and I can't get I can't get enough of it um, of, of Von Jägen. Um But I understand the symphonies much better having done it. I mean, especially the first and the fourth symphonies. I think the that that the, sun, the sunrise second movement of the first symphony. Well, yeah, that's right. That yeah, long, yes, absolutely. Yeah, theme that builds and builds and builds. Absolutely, yeah. The horns. Um, I think the first symphony is very Onyegin-like, actually. It's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, and it's his it's his own it's sort of his own vulnerability, really. Tchaikovsky's own vulnerability as a um, as a person, as a musical personality. I th- I think is extraordinary in this opera. There's just that little bit in the last scene where the reminiscence of those what could have been the perfect. Mm. Yeah. Those perfect days. Yes. Um, and it's only so short. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. wish other people were as economical in the way, but it absolutely gets the, the nub of it. And uh, I, I always find it incredibly moving, just yeah, I do, know, yes, what I do. might have been. Yeah. Um, and uh, But gosh, what resolve she's got in, yes, in, exactly. in uh, at the end of the opera. We look forward to it, and um, thanks. You're welcome.